This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the interview on the Raptors Republic Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Damelin. Today we are talking about Raptors power forward slash center, Kem Birch, and his not-so-linear path to the three-year, $20 million contract he signed this offseason. I wanted to go back a few years and talk about some of his formative years. And to do that, we have his college head coach. His name is Dave Rice. Coach, are you ready for some nostalgia? Absolutely. This is an easy one. Uh, Kim is a great young man and just tremendous memories about his time at UNLV and could not be happier for the success he's having. And he's such a team guy. So he's again, he's very easy to talk about. Well, we really appreciate it. So let's flash back to 2010-2011. You're the associate head coach at BYU at this point. And Kim Birch is becoming a McDonald's All-American and he's about to commit to Pitt. But do you remember, were you scouting him at all? Was there a first impression you had of him at all? Because he was a prominent player in high school. Did you have your eye on him even before he came to UNLV in that second season of his? Just from a standpoint of knowing exactly who he was, seeing the McDonald's All-America game, seeing him in AAU events, and, and just being captivated by his impact on the game. And it wasn't necessarily from a scoring standpoint, but he just did all the little things. He'd take a charge, he'd block a shot. He'd encourage a teammate on the sideline. It's just you just notice the little things that he did to help a team have success. And so we didn't actually recruit him at BYU, but I was well aware of him and, and his impact on the game. So he goes over to Pitt. He spends ten games, and then he transfers in not the prettiest fashion. Uh, as he sort of heads heads out, he calls out as some of his teammates in a radio interview. And UNLV, you're the head coach at the time. UNLV makes a bet on Cam Birch. Um, because from the outsider's point of view, you just think this might be a red flag, an 18-year-old kid calling out his teammates. Maybe there's something that you know the outsiders don't know about. What made you confident that that was a good bet to make to bring him over to UNLV? I think, again, it goes back to seeing him interact with his teammates in an AU situation, just knowing a lot about his past, getting to know his mother, and then a lot of it was just the evaluation on the official visit that he took to UNLV, just sitting down in my office one-on-one and just talking through things. And, and Kim understanding that uh, he probably didn't handle that situation exactly right. I know he was appreciative of the opportunity and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. I think it's just at some point in time, you got to make a judgment call and a feel. And we had a man-to-man talk and, and uh, it turned out really well for us. And he came in and was great in his redshirt year. Of course, he had to sit out the two, two semesters before he was eligible to play, and he worked, and he really turned our program around. You mentioned that uh, extra play he makes, that uh, defensive play, that hustle play, perhaps. It sounds like he has what coaches call a, a great motor. Is that fair to say? It's very fair to say. You know, a lot of guys can block shots. A lot of guys can take charges. He can do both. And I think the thing that makes him so valuable is his ability to defend pick and roll, he can switch ball screens. He can, he's got a good basketball mind. 
he can do a lot of different things and his versatility on defense. And then the other thing, he's obviously a terrific player, an NBA guy who's going to be in the league for a long time. And I told everyone as he was coming out, don't sleep on this the young man because he's going to have a long and illustrious career. And it may take him a little while to get there, but it's going to happen. But uh, he's just all about team. And uh, it's, it's never been about him. It's been about winning. And so I think getting back to what you talked about with kind of how he handled his situation, you know, at Pitt, I think that he would handle that differently now. But I think his emphasis has always been on team and doing the right thing is it being a good teammate. So he becomes, you know, a shot blocking monster, 2.6 blocks in his junior's uh, first season with UNLV. And then in his junior season, he averages 3.8 blocks. And how easy is it as a coach when you've got your best defensive player, two time Mountain West defensive player of the year, when you've got your best defensive player as the guy with the highest motor, how much of a luxury is it? How easy is it for a head coach to go ahead and tell the rest of the guys, okay, this is what you need to do when your best defensive player is putting in that kind of effort. And it was every day. And that was the thing about it. I mean, he was, he was a voice of our coaching staff in the locker room and he lived what he said. I mean, it's a lot of times you'll have guys who will say the right things, but then he did the right thing as well. I can remember we had a senior on our team his first year playing for us, and, and Kim became eligible mid-year. And it was obvious that Kim was, ob- was going to be one of our best five players, was arguably our best player as it became eligible. And he came to me and he said, Coach, you know what? I haven't played yet. I've been practicing, and let's go ahead and start, continue to start uh, the other guy. That's just what he's all, he's just all about team. He really has put the time and effort in uh, and he's a coach's dream in terms of coaching, in terms of his ability to, to make an impact on a program or in, uh, in this case on the Raptors. It's, it's so interesting just watching some of his pre-draft interviews. He, he describes himself as shy and he was asked, you know, if you're not drafted, how would that be for you? And I think it's the correct answer, which he gave, which is, yeah, I'd be fine with going to the D league, going somewhere else and developing. He says, I'm going to be a defensive guy. I'm going to struggle offensively, um, but I'm going to keep working and working and working. Is that level of honesty something that you that endears you? Or do you think perhaps maybe holds him back a little bit um, when he's telling guys like, I'm going to struggle? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think on one hand, it's refreshing. But uh, he's a guy who definitely needs to play for the right coach. A coach who gives him confidence and coach who, who believes in him and who understands how good he can be. I think it's like anything, it's a balance. But the fact that he's all about team and he's just going to continue to get better. And it wouldn't surprise me if he becomes an all-star at some point in time. I mean, I know that's a strong statement, but he just has so much to offer. And his ability to impact the game on the defensive end, I mean, that that's a real luxury to have. And he'll continue to improve offensively. And he's in a great organization now with the, with the coaching staff that's continued to develop him. And to do everything he can to be the best player that he can be. Yeah, after 20 games, they sign him to a three-year contract. And there's a huge need in the middle for the Raptors. So he seems to have come to the right place. But before we even get to the present day, let's go back to a little nostalgia again at UNLV. I'm trying to find the signature game for Kem Birch. I'm looking through just some stats. There's he had a career-high 20 points in uh, December 2012. He had a career-high nine blocks in February against Utah State. Um, he had 22 rebounds in March of 2014. Those are just three games I saw where the stats mm-hmm. popped out. But if I said, Coach Rice, what is the signature Kem Birch game? Is there something that immediately pops to mind? 
I think it's the thing that's special about him is the fact that he was so consistent. He just, he brought it every game. I mean, you listed three games that, that certainly would come to mind, but he never took a night off. I mean, it was just a situation and, and, and he had an impact on the game defensively. And, and when he scored, it was an offensive rebound. It was a block the shot on one end, run the floor out, run his defender and dunk it on the other end. He just, he knew what he was too. And I think that's the other thing. He knew his, his, his impact on the game was going to be on the defensive end and getting an offensive rebound, rolling hard to the rim, drawing a defender so someone else could get a wide open shot. And that was why we were successful was because he was so selfless. Now, speaking of which, I wanted to digress just for a moment from Kem and go over. I, want, I made an all Dave Rice motor team that you coached throughout your career. And I wanted to know, I'm sure Kem Birch is like the starting power forward or center for that, but I wanted to know what your thoughts were. I put together a team from your, from your 20 years, 20 plus years coaching and see what you, see what you think. Okay. Okay, So, so the list I have, and you feel free to sub in and out anybody you want. I had fellow Canadian, Joel Anthony, of course, uh, Lou Amundsen, Marcus Banks, uh, Sean Marion and Anthony Bennett as my starting five, what do, what do you think? And maybe a cam coming off the bench or starting center. We'll leave them out for this, for this um, fun game. We got, what do you think of that as your all time motor team that you've coached? I think those guys would win a heck of a lot of college games. Uh, I, I like that group a lot. Uh, and it's well represented by Canada for sure. But right. Uh, <laughs> you notice my bias there. Absolutely. No, it's, <laughs> Canada has been very, very good to UNLV for sure. And uh, it's, it's fun to watch those guys and stay in touch and just see the success that they've had. And, and uh, it was just exciting to be part of all that. All right. So he has a super successful college career. You guys go to the tournament, I think, one year with, uh, with Kem uh, in 2013. You're facing Cal in the, in the first round. Do you remember it was a close game, close loss? Do you remember how Kem sort of after the game handled that do you remember him in the locker room at all because that was obviously I think the biggest college game that he had played yeah he was very disappointed uh he was a guy who took responsibility when we when we lost he always gave credit when we won to everyone else and took respect he was almost like a coach in terms of you know when you win it's it's everyone has a hand in it when you lose it's my fault he was mature beyond his years and again it was all about winning for him. And, and that was the thing that, that really stood out. And he wanted to be a leader. And he really took a huge step from that game as, as tough as that game was for us to lose. I think it was important in his progression as a leader because he worked so hard in the offseason and, and got ready. And then we won 20 games the next year and had a good season. Uh, we lost some guys off of that team. Obviously, Anthony Bennett became the number one pick in the draft. And Kim really became even more of a vocal leader the next year. And I could see his development and could see the, the progress that he was making in terms of he'd always been a leader. He'd led by example. And I think the biggest change between his first year playing for us and his second year was he became much more vocal. And I think he had confidence in what he was saying. And, and I think a lot of it came from the fact that he was really disappointed with with the way that season ended with the loss to Cal. Do you remember those summer workouts at all after the tournament loss? Something did you see something maybe burning in him a little bit more that because uh, I, I obviously had NBA aspirations as well. Yeah. But do you remember that 2013 offseason at all? Something uh, sort of stand out about uh, Kim and on the court working? I think he was a lot more accepting of the fact that we talked about the fact that he had NBA opportunities 
in the very near future. And I know that, you know, in the recruiting process, that the reality is that uh, every young man wants to get to the NBA. And so it's one of the things you talk about in the recruiting process, going to a program that produces NBA guys and how are we going to help develop you. And of course, the first part of it is we're going to have to win games. And that's part of it, of course. But then what are we going to do to develop you and give you opportunities? And so we had that conversation in the recruiting process. And Kim, you know, acknowledged it, but it really wasn't at the front of what he was thinking about. And then in the offseason between his first and second year playing for us, again, it was still all about team and winning. But I think in his own mind, he started to believe that maybe I can get there. And I think that was confidence he got from having success and being in a program that, that helped give him that confidence to, to get to that level. So in his junior season, he averages 3.8 blocks, monster. Uh, and he, I think he averaged double-double point, <clears throat> excuse me, points and rebounds as well. So he's a great season, declares for the draft, goes undrafted, not unexpectedly, according to him. He spends a season in the G League. So this is 2014, 2015. I think it's called the D League still back then. Do you keep in contact with him during that initial portion after the season? And he goes overseas for a couple of years after that. Do you keep in contact with him and sort of advise him along the way during that stage? Absolutely. And, he, and he's got great people in his, in his camp uh, that advised him. But, but he and I have always had a very special relationship, a very close relationship. You talked about the all hustle, the all the all energy team. I can't remember exactly what you called the it. motor team, <laughs> the motor team. But if we had the all loyalty team, Kim Birch would be at the top of that list as well. I mean, he's never forgotten where he came from. He's never forgotten the people who helped him along the way. And he and I have that kind of relationship and I'll always appreciate what he means to me, to our program, to those who are around him. I mean, he's just a good person and his family did an unbelievable job raising him. And, and it's no coincidence that he's the kind of teammate that he is. Who among his family stuck out when you when you met them as a key mentor for Kim? Well, certainly mom, Wendy. Wendy Sparks was was on the official visit with him and and she's someone who's very special in his life, but, but his dad is, is someone who's very important to him as well. It's a wonderful family that cares about him and, and above and beyond basketball. And, and every parent cares deeply about the success of, of their son or their daughter. We know that. But it was so much more that they, they were extremely supportive of our program. And when his mom would come to games, and it wasn't just about Kim, it was about the other young men in our program as well. And so... Again, there's a reason why Kim has turned out like he's turned out, why he's turned out to be the great teammate that he is, but also to be as perseverant as he's been because there's more to life than basketball, and yet basketball is extremely important. There's a, there's a balance in their, in their family and in their lives. And Again, when you see someone like Kim have success and sign the kind of contract that he's signed and everyone benefits from him, they deserve what they've gotten because they've all been there together and, and really really hung through tough times and, and enjoyed the good times as well. Do you remember the day he made his NBA debut for Orlando? I do. I do. I remember, I remember watching it on uh, and being so excited. And I've been fortunate in my career as an assistant coach and as a head coach to have a lot of guys make the NBA and, and, or to be drafted. And, and so those are special times and every, every situation is unique. But I have, remember that very fondly with Here's a young man who really deserves it and just so happy for the success he's having. And as much as he's made it, it's not going to end there. And it may be a little bit of a journey, but he's going to make it big and make everyone proud. And the thing about him is he's not going to be just about himself, but he's going to share it with everyone who's helped him along the way. He doesn't forget where he came from and he doesn't take it for granted. He's not entitled in any way, shape or form. He appreciates the opportunity he's gotten and, and he makes the most of it. And I think that's why 
he's going to continue to have success and continue to get better. I was wondering what the difference between, you know, watching a player you're coaching, hoping for this, for them to succeed and watching a player that you've coached in the NBA, hoping for them to succeed. Cause there's different uh, sort of incentives. And I, I just I imagine it's a different emotional experience uh, rooting for somebody just watching at home versus watching from the sideline. Is that fair to say? Oh, that's very fair to say. Yeah. It's, it's the sideline. You have a little bit of an impact on what's going on and, and watching from home just, Again, every player that we've coached is an extension of our own family. And women. and again, it maybe becomes cliche a little bit with terms of family, but it really is family. You share in the successes and, and you know, in the, in the times that maybe a guy, get, a guy gets cut or doesn't make a team, you know, you share in the pain and, you, and you're there for him. It's what makes it all so special to see the journey that Kim's gone through, to see the great times, blocking the shots, getting 22 rebounds, winning a huge game, uh, making a decision to move on and, and, and being part of that. And then just seeing him go through everything he's gone through and a door closes here and another one opens up. And, but he continues to move forward and, and now he's made it and yet he's not satisfied. He, he wants to help the Raptors get back to the playoffs uh, he wants to be whatever he needs to be to help them be successful. And he's with a great coaching staff and a great city, and he'll just continue to get better. I mean, just couldn't be prouder of, of the man that he is and the teammate that he is and, and the player that he is. And, and last one for you, you know, he, he spends a few years with Orlando, he gets waived. The Raptors just pick him up for the final 20 games of the season. And as a Raptor reporter, I'm watching it. I'm like, this is interesting. He's having a real impact, pick and roll dunking it, defensive presence. You know, it's not as if I'd watched a ton of Orlando Magic basketball uh, before he got to Toronto. So I got my first taste of really seeing how he impacted the game. Now, is there a time in that little 20-game phase where you're like, hang on a second, this could lead to to a big contract? Because he's fighting for his NBA life at that point. Absolutely. And I think the one point that I want to make, it's important, and I'm glad you brought that up, because Kim is extremely respectful uh, and again, going back to it, the, the pit situation, I think he learned a lot from how he handled that situation. And but the fact that Orlando, I, I know he's grateful. He wrote a he wrote something great on social media, appreciating the fans and the organization. But don't think that there's not a part of Kim that doesn't motivate him to be the best player he can be. And again, it doesn't mean that he doesn't appreciate the opportunity he got in Orlando because he does. And he made great strides and he helped him win games and, and so forth. But just because he's got a very even keeled demeanor doesn't mean that there's not an intensity and a desire and a, and a motivation that doesn't burn in him because you don't get to where he's gotten to with as many doors that have closed. If you don't have something in you that makes you say, I'm going to prove everybody right or I'm going to prove everybody wrong so I couldn't be proud of his persistence his perseverance and I'm really glad he's a Raptor I can't wait for this season and I know he's gonna have a big impact on what they're doing yeah Kim seems to have that chip on his shoulder like so many uh, guys I've spoken with in the minor leagues I cover the Raptors 905 and everyone on that team has doubters and people that don't think that they can make it and everyone has that chip on their shoulder trying to make it to the NBA and it's great to see that Cam has that chip in order to keep him going and he'll prove the doubters wrong. We're sure. Listen, coach, we, we really appreciate the time. We hope that Kim has an amazing three years and beyond with the Raptors. And we wish you the best of luck as well in whatever your future as a coach comes up. I appreciate it. You know, I've been fortunate to be doing this for a long time and 
And every so often someone really special comes along and I've had a lot of very special players, but no one is any more special, more loyal uh, than Kim. And he's just so happy when someone like Kim has success because it, it, it makes it all worth it. And just, it, it, that's the reward in coaching is, is having a player who comes in and develops and, and then makes it big and, I think everyone's going to continue to love what he's doing in Toronto. So thanks so much for taking the time. It's really exciting for me to be able to talk about Kim. <laughs>